Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Random. Egberto is your host. Thank you so kindly for being a part of the show. We are going to have, what again? What are we going to have again? We're going to have a great show for you today. As usual, folks, 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 I've always told you all of the times that this is your program. Today is a classic example of what I'm talking about. You know, Brother Bruce Pollard, I don't know if Bruce is in the house yet. But brother Bruce Pollard started a big commotion. He sent me a video about somebody discussing post-modernist theories. You know, in other words, uh, progressive theories, if you will. And this guy simply slammed it down. And you would think that the guy would at least have a cogent type of message. But no, he didn't. And you know what that means. It gives us a good topic of discussion because here's the deal. These are the people that those folks on the right, these are the people that they listen to. But before we get started, it's time for me to salute my peeps. Norman Reynolds, how are you doing? Hey, plus one, plus two. Bridge MCP says, hey, PDR peeps, Merry Christmas. Michael, have a healthy, happy new year. Bridge MCP also wishes Merry Christmas to everybody. And Tom C. is saying Merry Christmas to Rudnan. And why is everybody talking to Rudnan right now? Because this is what Rudnan had to say after he posts his daily research. He says the following. After today's show, I'm going to be away for the rest of the year. We'll be back on Monday, January 3rd. Just wanted to give you a heads up. Who is going to pick up the slack for Brother Rudnan? Who is going to say, I am going to bring you those three or four initial pieces of news that we want our community, the PDR Posse, to know and go move forward? Let's see, folks, who's going to pick up that, who's going to pick up Michael Rudnan's mantra till Monday? Let's see who does it. Eric Hayes, how you doing? Yo, from New Mexico skiing. You are having a vacation in New Mexico skiing. And my conservative brother says, I am going to check in with that guy that I love so much in, well, now in D.C., to listen to the show. Hey, thank you, Brother Hayes. Welcome aboard. Alan Owens, welcome aboard. As long as we allow politicians to be bribed, we will continue to be going in the wrong direction. And, of course, greetings to everyone from Alistair Waters. Alistair Waters, how are you doing, my dear friend? How are you doing? Anyway, let's get busy and start the show. Let's start with what El Señor Rudnin had to say. Okay, let's see. Eric Hayes says, will depend what kind of news you want, left or right. Okay, whatever you say. Oh, beforehand, E2247 is with us as well. Hello, all sane persons here today enjoying PDR Posse. Tie with Egberto. I'm grateful to see you expressing good health today, Egberto. Well, thank you so kindly, E2247. All right, let's get busy. U.S. COVID cases rise to pandemic high as Delta and Omicron circulate at the same time. About 75,000 Americans are hospitalized with COVID-19 and the country is reporting more than 1,500 daily deaths. Though both figures are rising, they are lower than when the last daily case record was set nearly a year ago. A more mild disease with greater transmissibility could still wreak havoc on healthcare system if the absolute number of cases get high enough. Even if a smaller share of the people are infected, end up, end, end up in the hospital. That smaller share of a very large number could be enough to strain hospitals and impact care for both COVID and non-COVID patients. Brother Rudnan, that is already in effect. That is already happening. Already happening. Can't say this is unexpected, 
as we have massive case spikes around a week after both Thanksgiving and Christmas, and our people have learned nothing from the last pandemic. That is numero uno from El Señor Rodney. Numero dos sounds like this. Um, Alaska smashes record for temperature, braces for biblical rains. And you know what rains do in Alaska? Because we're talking flooding as they hit the glaciers and, and not freeze. We know what happens down in the valley. Sorry, can't help but post the overdramatic headline. Absurd weather patterns in Alaska hit Alaska with record high December temperatures of 19 degrees C, 67 Fahrenheit, way above freezing. A state, a state records warmest ever Christmas amid ice Mageddon. The Arctic is melting and the start of wind, at the start of winter. Imagine that. The Arctic, listen to what he just said. The Arctic is melting at the start of winter. It should be the opposite. This isn't a good sign for things to come. All right, last one. Biden's agenda is on its deathbed because the interests of the rich and poor are irreconcilable. Joe Biden's rationale for his own presidency was that he could bring oligarchs and working people together and hammer out a compromise that worked for both. I'm going to digress right here for a second before I continue reading that. The Squad, Ilan Omar, Rashida Talib, AOC, Bauman, uh, uh, Bush, they all told them that. The only way you can beat a plutocrat is to let him know he's going to starve. They told Biden, they told everyone that these guys were on were being bought. Nobody listened. So we're without BBB, Build Back Better. But you know what, folks? It's not over yet. And yeah, we're going to probably get some scraps. But we have to use that as the catalyst to change the nature of history. And that nature of history says... Well, in the all fear, it is very, very likely that Democrats will lose big in 2022. Let's say that's okay. Let them lose big in 2022. Guess who I want to win big in 2022? Progressives. But that starts in the Democratic primary. Progressives have to go and engage in the Democratic primaries and win. And we can win with the message that you were sold out. You weren't only sold out by Republicans. But you are sold out many times by your own, Judas. The apparent death of his legislative agenda proves what a laughable fantasy that was. The underlying corruption of big money in our politics continues to be the primary cause of most damage uh, against people. I want to back up because just something just hit in my head. Um, you remember everybody was saying, okay, let's say Bernie got elected, but he still wasn't going to be able to do anything because... He would not have had, you know, he would have still had all these different issues. And that's not true. If Bernie had gotten elected, he would have brought all those progressives along. I'm talking about earlier on. I'm not talking about the, the, the main election. I'm talking about the primary. And then we would not have had some sort of a populist to deal with. I'm talking about 2016 now. 2016. So let, let's be clear about of what's really going on here. Anyhow, last chance to muster an infrastructure and to avert accelerating global warming is slipping away. Meantime, more young people are struggling with crushing student loan debt during a pandemic-stricken economy. During economic downturns, government has always been a spender of last resort. That's Keynesian economics. We're at the point 
know now where another major stimulus is required to both the nation and its people. And here's the deal why, why the plutocracy doesn't want that. They talk about it's going to cause inflation. It's only going to cause inflation if we allow them to do what they're doing, having complete price and power. But if they know that, that we're going to tax their price and power out from under them, we wouldn't have to worry about that. But that's another subject in economics that we can go over at some other time, my dear brothers and sisters. All right, continuing. Eric Hayes says, um, well, depends on the kind of news you left or right. And then uh, we have uh, him saying, drove 14 hours with daughter to make memories. There's nothing like driving 14 hours with your daughters to make memories, right? And Britt says, Eric, the drive alone made memories. <laughs> Carl Cox, Egberto, how did you like my email about economics? You know, it's something we've been talking about economics for a long time, Carl. You get 20 economists in one room and you get 20 different answers, right? And that is because economics is not solely a science, right? It also has some, it has different degrees of freedom. In other words, if I make more bread, my contention is people will, if we have a lot more bread, people would want to pay a smaller price for it because I need to get rid of it. But then it could be also that people don't buy it at all because of other degrees of freedom. So economics is not a sure science. The one thing that we know, there are certain parts of economics that's a sure science. If somebody gets sick, they need to be healed. There are some absolutes, but there are a lot of things that just depends on culture, depends on weather, depends on a whole lot of other things. And that's why economists can have to create what they call models. They have to create models that says these are the parameters that we assume, and assuming these are the parameters that okay, this is what happens. A, a good modeler would create a lot of parameters with a lot of degrees of freedom, and they wouldn't give you absolute answers, but they would give you ranges of answers based on occurrences. That's how it works, brother. But So, I mean, a lot of times the economists take a big hit. Oh, economists never can agree on anything. Well, it's because they use different parameters. And it's not that they're wrong or right. It's that they don't know what people in a particular region, in a particular economy is going to do. There are certain absolutes and we need to work with those. And, you know, and some certain absolutes is like, if you give money to poor people, they're going to spend it because they don't have a choice. But if you give money to rich people, you don't know what they're going to do. They may invest it. They may invest it in the United States or they may send it overseas and make more money. Who knows? Peggy Lopez, welcome aboard. Carl Cox, welcome aboard. Hi all on December 29, 1890. In one of the final chapters of Americans' long Indian wars, the U.S. Cavalry kills 146 Sioux Indians at Wounded Knee on the Pine Ridge Reservation in South Dakota. And if I recall that history correct, Peggy Lopez, that was because they wanted the Black, was it Black Mountain? They, they, want, they found gold. On that mountain and while it was supposed to have belonged to the to the natives when they found gold everybody rushed in and took it I think that's a particular story you're alluding to uh, let's see what else we got here para ver, para ver, para ver. Michael Bernie says if Bernie got elected he would have been an organizer-in-chief millions of Americans would come to DC or march in local rallies Bernie would have pointed Congress to all the people and say you want to deny them you do it at your peril. And you know, that is the difference between Bernie and Obama, right? Obama came in with, yes, we can. And I don't know if you guys remember OFA. Obama for America was what it st stood for, and then it became Organizing for America. But at first it was Obama for America. 
And one of the things that most people feared, including Democrats, was that army that he built. And that army was not only comprised of a bunch of Democrats. It was comprised of Democrats, progressives, and Republicans. And they saw that army then. I remember I was part of that army. We were, I was in a red area that loved Obama at the time. And we thought we were going to activate that army. But you know what happened as soon as he was elected? For all practical purposes, Obama for America, that juggernaut that got a black man elected before it was his time. Because my contention was, it was not, the, the country was not set up or ready for it based on history. But he got something going that worked. And, and, they didn't use that army. That's how the plutocracy rolls. There's a deal there. Because if we had activated that army, see, he was new, he was young, he was green behind the air. He figured, if, if I, I can hold on to the army, or I can hold on to experience. Again, army versus experience. If I go on to the army and becomes a big failure because we don't really know how politics work, what am I going to do? I'm just a rebel rouser. So I, I feel for the guy, but at that point in time, that army was ready. Let's see. Michael Rodney said, economic is a soft sign. It has large error bars. Exactly. Peggy Lopez says, even county, I think, I think we need to know American history. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. And unfortunately, we don't. Sitikana and those who let him be their headman at the Wounded Knee on 28th, 29th, 1890 are just a few hundred missing and murdered indigenous persons. We remember well today with regret on our part. Yes, yes, and yes. Okay, Michael Rodden says, uh, Black Hills, where they put the mushroom. Egberto, the gold found, was the reason for killing 145 who owned the land. Exactly, Peggy. Exactly. Anyhow, folks, um, I don't know if, if, if um, Bruce Pollard is in the house yet. But let me just give you guys a breakdown of what we're going to do right now. This piece that I'm going to play came was a direct from a direct email that he sent me yesterday and I spent all night listening to this guy and saying my god no wonder well we knew that but this is what we have to fight against so I'm going to play this and then we'll move on on the other side so check this out and then we'll take it en el otro lado vamos a ver comienzo ahora one of our PDR Posse members, one of our supporters, Bruce, sent me a clip uh, from a Jordan Peterson. I hadn't known about Jordan Peterson, but apparently he's a very uh, well-known conservative, what I, someone I have to call right-wing after listening to him, and not only right-wing, but disingenuous. I want to play this, because messaging is everything, and what we have to do is make sure, first of all, to fight the lies and the messages that come from the right, number one, numero uno. But numero dos, we have to have the answers to the truth, but not only the truth, to what makes us a better people. I want you to listen to this, and then we'll take it on the other side. 
if the postmodernists were compassionate and they were using that as the default aim in their life, let's say, because they don't have any other aim because of their postmodern relativism, you'd have to accept the compassion idea. But because they're ignoring the historical reality that the doctrines that they're trying to put into practice were murderous beyond belief, then I can't accept the argument that it's compassion that's driving. Nietzsche knew, for example, and he wrote about this in his notebooks in Will to Power, that the nihilistic doctrines that would emerge in the aftermath of the demolition of the theological and philosophical substructure of the West that he associated with the revelation of the death of God would produce a form of political catastrophe. And he identified it specifically, believe it or not, with communism. And that was back in like 1850, 1860. I can't believe he did it. And that that would kill tens to hundreds of millions of people in the 20th century. And it's certainly not obvious that the postmodernists that, let's say, infest the modern universities have been willing to learn anything at all from 20th century history. Not least the lesson that the egalitarian and equity-oriented doctrines that they're attempting to foist upon young people in in, in this cult-like educational manner are anything but murderous. Anyways, here's what Nietzsche said. For that man be delivered from revenge... That is, for me, the bridge to the highest hope, and a rainbow after long storms. The tarantulas, of course, would have it otherwise. Quote, what justice means to us is precisely that the world will be filled with the storms of our revenge. End quote. Thus they speak to each other. We shall wreak vengeance and abuse on all whose equals we are not. Thus do the tarantula hearts vow. And will to equality shall henceforth be the name for virtue. And against all that has power, we want to raise our clamor. You preachers of equality, the tyrant mania of impotence clamors thus out of you for equality. Your most secret ambition is to be tyrants and shroud themselves, shroud yourselves in words of virtue. The intellectuals in the academy look out at the world and they notice that there are others who are respected perhaps more than they are and there are others that have perhaps more than they are, and that goods are inequitably distributed beyond them. And the consequence of that is the emergence of the tremendous resentment that Nietzsche spoke of. The desire of that resentment is to pull down the hierarchies by criticizing them. That's the motivation. Well, that's what I've been thinking about more intensely than usual for about the last eight months. I haven't been able to figure out any way out of the logical argument that I just presented to you. And if that argument is correct, then that's a diagnosis for why, what's happening in the political correct world, and actually what its motivations are. And I believe that my argument is it's accurate, and it's destroying the universities, and it's invading the rest of our society. And the idea that there's something good behind it, that's a dangerous idea. I think what's behind it is exactly what Nietzsche noted 150 years ago. It's resentment and the demand for power, disguising itself most reprehensibly as compassion. And it's time for the mask of that to be taken off and things set straight. I would have to consider Jordan the biggest artist of projection. Because if you take a listen to what he said, let me, let me first tell you what I did. I, went to, I saw this piece late last night, and then I said, you know, I had to do something with it, and then I incorporated it into the newsletter for today. And I want to re- read parts of what I said. I said, those of you who have been a part of Politics Done Right, the Politics Done Right family, know that one of my most important tenets is keeping the conversation open on all sides. One of our supporters sent the link, that link that you just saw. Uh, Jordan Peterson is discussing postmodernism. And by the way, remember when he's talking about the postmodernists or these people, he's really talking about progressive left-wingers, folks like myself and others who believe in good social structures that help all people. But anyway, so he sent me this, and if you notice, they're always constantly trying to connect 
us with Marxism, communism, socialism. They want to scare people, right? So that is their intent. Scare people so that those who support policies that are social in nature to help people have a better life can't. They want to keep that select few in power. So I wrote, I am just an engineer turned political activist determined to do my part to empower the masses to claim their worth to this society, which in the case of America was denied most from its inception. Most people from the inception of America, they were never designed to have. In other words, the society wasn't made for them. I do not traffic in high-minded platitudes of little consequence to the reality of most, which is what he just did. He used a lot of words. But he could not tell you one thing other than saying, I hate the left, and what the left want to do is tyrannical. I don't know where he got that from, but we'll continue. I find Peterson to be one who uses many words, some that many will have to research given the state of our educational system, but one who has nothing specific to say. His disdain for those who acknowledge or pass evil as they propose or propose not just atonement but material resolution is not just appalling but disqualifying. You know, he's out there saying that what we on the left want is tyrannical. If you take a look at Cuba, you take a look at Venezuela, you take a look at China, you take a look at the US Soviet republics when it was the USSR, now Russia, you can see that everything that the left talks about is tyrannical and hurts people, kill people. He even said that Nietzsche said that. If you follow the policies pretty much of what we believe in that somehow millions will die right but wait a minute in order to create this social construct that we have that actually is nothing well the economic system that we have which to form did what again it annihilated the the the, the, the native people of the land in other words it used them, enslaved them, it killed them, it robbed them, it did all of that. The capitalist system. I'm not talking about people, the individual, which I think most people are good. Capitalists, of course, are generally uh, what I consider uh, many of the, the real, well, the billion type, billionaire type capitalists. Most of them I, I really consider psychopaths. If you take a look at what they did to acquire what they have, it was always on the back of somebody, right? In other words, we got rid of it, Indians, we took their land. We wanted to produce cotton we wanted to do all these things with the land we brought in slaves the slaves we worked on the back of the slaves that we bought from africa and brought over here and then in order to get other things throughout the world we invaded countries we went ahead and take the took the natural resources from other countries that we are not deserving of all these things we do all the things that he is talking about that the left would accomplish because look at Cuba, look at Venezuela, look at Russia. He forgets. Projection is dangerous. Look, I am an American. I love this country. And I want this country to live up to the expectation of those people who have believed the rhetoric that those of us that are foreign, naturalized U.S. citizens that we have learned before we got here. We learned about the, the land of milk and honey. We learned about democracy. We didn't learn in, it, we didn't realize some of the things that weren't yet realized. Okay, so continue. So he goes ahead and he talks about the, the, the left pretty much being tyrannical. But he forgets all the things that he says are the things that we as a people have done unto others from 
genocide in America, and it's not only America, America genocide here. We're talking from from the North America to Central America to South America genocide. What else have we done? Enslaved from North America to Central America to South America, and we're gonna and we have the gall now to believe that somehow we are omnipotent, and we are the ones who are the bastion of morality and cannot discuss evil and good. The, the, those of us on the left, come on. So I continue. Peterson attempts to disqualify the left by asserting they are devout Marxists. He then implies that the policies they want have only been uh, tried by tyrannical states. One, of course, he fails to roll to note that tyrannical states, most on the left would like to be, most of us kind of admire the social states within Scandinavia, the Scandinavian countries. Of course, my personal belief is that the Scandinavian countries have not gone far enough because they still have an economic system whose base in other words, if you if you are selling stock into something, it means that you if you, you you sell stock into something, it's not really free enterprise. It's capitalism, and this type of capitalism, what does it do? It actually, there are a few people who profit from the worth, intellect, and labor of others by doing absolutely nothing, just by having capital. Much of that capital not ever have been earned. Let me give an example. Let's say Texas. Texas is a huge land with tons of ranches and humongous amount of land and a few people have stolen that land and they have built their capital they have built their industries on top of having stolen that land but we have somebody else who live next to that land that's in abject poverty well who is really worthy who is really the one that is deserving you know those are very important questions to ask how proper is it is might more important than honor there are a lot of things that we have to think about in that regards right but again so scandinavian countries is what most leftists would be happy with i want more i want a true egalitarian society where we have people uh people have commensurate with their real worth are you are you willing to work hard to produce something then you should get the rewards you should reap the rewards of the hard work that you have as it works in society right now a few will be invited to be into the fold a few will be invited to allow their worth to be worth something more than just what some what the average american worker gets but you have to be invited i discuss a whole lot of that in my book it's worth it uh, or rather in my book um uh, how to make america utopia you know a lot of people think this is a meritocracy america is not a meritocracy you have to be invited to be meritorious I explained that as well in my book how to make America utopia anyhow so we go ahead there is one phrase that he used that is the coup de grace the expectation to instill the fear of left into its listeners he says resentment and the demand for power disguising itself most reprehensibly as compassion so he says we care about people because we want power we want people to have good health care because we want power. We want people to have good, 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 uh, uh, their kids taken care of, good insurance, being able to live after they retire because we want power. And what do they want? What do those on the right want by denying giving people the things that they're deserving of? After all, those that are the haves, the wealthy ones, 
It's not their morality that gained them their wealth. It's not their ability that gained them their, their wealth. It's not their aptitude that gained them their wealth. Many a times that over amount of wealth that they have was garnered because of a system designed by a few who put a bias towards some, a very few, a bias to success for a few. We can discuss that in detail if anybody wants to go further on that. So let's, let's remember that. It's not about resentment and it's not about the, what the left wants would make us tyrannical because a lot of the things that the right talks about us being tyrannical are all the things under their tenets was done. You know, we're so fearful that those crazy other people on the other side are going to use the nuclear bomb. There's only one country we know for a fact that has the gall, that has the wherewithal to say, I will use this thing on other human beings. And that's why, how do we know that? Because we did it. Uh, we have to be cautious. We have to be honest. We have to be humble. We have to remember, before we start pointing fingers and attacking, we have to atone for what we have done and not try to sugarcoat it. We were the ones who used the atomic bomb. We are the ones who enslaved many. We are the ones who uh, committed genocide to take the land of another. We did all of that. There's, not a, there's nothing, I mean, and by the way, it's not intrinsic to this one group of people that came to America. This is done all over the world. So I'm not trying to be a moralist here. I'm trying to be an atoner and saying, if we really want to be honest, if we really want to be successful, if we really want to do what needs to be done, all we really need to do is say, we are at status quo now. And what we will do is do our best without collapsing a system to atone for the deeds. And the right has no desire for that. Their objection to critical race theory, which, it, which is intended to keep people dumb with a false sense of superiority that's not there. Their objection to empowering people. Their objection to giving people the social needs. That is for one and only one reason, to keep a small amount in power and to have a, an army of the uninformed that ensure they stay in power. Remember people, let's understand these things in detail. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form. I hope you guys got that. I hope you guys got that. I hope you guys understood exactly what this guy was saying and I hope you understood what I was talking about. But anyway, thank you Bridge MCP for actually letting me, reminding me of the things that I need to do. Folks, please remember, if you want to support Politics Done Right, there are there's a lot of ways that you can do it, but to start, if you are on YouTube right now, please click that join button. Click that join button at YouTube right now and you can support us. But alternatively, there are other things for you to do. Please consider if you're not on YouTube, if you're say on on, on Facebook, on, on, on Twitter or on Twitch, please remember to go to politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube, politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube to become a part of our PDR posse in the form of supporting us. Alternatively, you can also go to politicsdoneright.com slash Patreon politicsandright.com slash patron patron is spelled p-a-t-r-e-o-n p-a-t-r-e-o-n politicsandright.com slash patron alternatively as well actually the best way to support us as well is to go ahead and either support us one time or many times on pay uh, on paypal 
go to politicsunright.com slash PayPal. Politicsunright.com slash PayPal. Uh, by the way, you see those books that you see on the screen? Those books on the screen? Please, please, please. You can learn a lot of what we talk about on this perfectly. Politicsdoneright.com slash books. Politicsdoneright.com slash books. And of course, it's getting cold. We have the hoodies and all these other things that you can work with. Politicsdoneright.com slash store. Politicsdoneright.com slash store is the way to do it. So folks, I hope you get that. Now let's go ahead and talk about what you guys have been talking about while you're listening to that. You guys did a whole, I mean, there's some great stuff that you guys have out there. But first, let me welcome all the new people that have come into the store, or let me come into the store, come into the chat. We have Welcome Puffin, welcome aboard. Paul Fleming checking in from ATL, Bridge MCP. Well, I saluted you already, but you have a lot more to say. Norman, I saluted you as well, and I think I see Carl Cox in here. We also have, let's see, para ver, para ver, para ver, con quien, May Wood from Long Beach, California. Welcome to Politics Done Right. Okay, let me read some of what you guys had to say. Norm, well, before, before Norman, I think uh, some other people said some, some rather important things as well. We have Eric Hayes says, most people can't afford monoclonal treatment, $3,000 to $12,000 out of pocket. Okay, Eric, you've been with us for a long time, Eric. This is what I'm talking about. When I talk about price and power, Eric, that's what I'm talking about. You see that monoclonal drug that you're talking about? The likelihood is that we developed that drug with your tax dollars. And now a few people who own that company are going to suck the living hell out of all those who get sick by charging them $3,000 to $12,000 out of pocket. That is what you guys support. When I talk about the folks on the right being snowed, that's what I'm talking about. Medicare for all, everybody goes. If they need monoclonal antibodies, they get it. If they need a shot, they get it. And we all pay for it together. And those people who profit from making that good amount of money off of that, they cannot do that because we're not going to allow them to profit on your illness, on your sickness. Eric Hayes also said, the messages coming from Washington have and continue to confuse everyone. Why? Lots of people are confused beyond belief. Why should they be confused, Eric? We have, a vi we have a virus, a virus that keeps changing, and it changes because it has people within to, in which to live to mutate. The people that are most complaining about the confusion are the people responsible for the mutation. Why are they responsible for the mutation? Because they refuse to get vaccinated so that we can snuff this stuff out as much as possible to reduce the propensity of mutations. So the same people that complain, there's different messages coming from Washington, D.C. Of course there is, because we have a virus that's changing. And why is the virus changing again? Because people refuse to get vaccinated. You know, I mean, it, it, this, is, this is a 12-year-old can understand this. And that we have grown people that believe in the conspiracy and grown people that do such silly things. They are the ones responsible that we're going a third year into a pandemic. They are responsible for that. Don't you forget it. Michael Rudden says, based on what we discussed before, equality brings debts. Such is the viewpoint of those on the right who seek aristocracy or a tiered society. In fact, Michi 
if you take a look at what Nietzsche had to say, that guy from 150 years ago, he believed in both slave values and aristocracy values. I think they call it master value and slave values. And if you look at what he says, he believes that slave values are altruistic and, and, and that master values, and, and that's the same thing that you heard Jordan, Jordan use, uh, uh, that they, they have resentment towards the master. Wait a minute. Is there a problem with having resentment towards the master? Somebody that you are the one doing the work and the master just controls you and you're the one who effectively create the economic system? Come on, folks. And that's what I'm trying. If we can get conservatives to understand that they're being used, the system is not for them either. We are on the same team. If we can get them to understand that the aristocracy that many talk about is the few in a different form. Maywood says, uh, Hello, HDR Posse from Long Beach, California. All right, let's see what else to say. Um, Maywood says, Was of having a few issues the last couple of days, but I seem to have straightened them out for now at last. Paul Fleming says, Paul Fleming, ATL checking in. China stopped Trump virus, only country that did. Well, you know, uh, that, that is what when you have complete rule can do. But, you know, we don't want that. We have to find a balance. Bridge MCP says, back in September, the Biden administration is imposing new limits on states' ability to access the COVID-19 antibody treatments amid rising demands from GOP governors who have relied on the drug as a primary weapon against the virus. So they won't support vaccines or masks but want to hog the drug. In other words, the reason the drug is needed more in red states is that the red state folks are not getting vaccinated and to save their lives then they want an expensive treatment because they decided they didn't want that, that free vaccine. So now we're going to pay three to $12,000 for each of them, right? Come on now. That's what we're talking about. Uh, let's see. Uh, folks, please go ahead and click that up arrow. Click that up arrow. And um, that thumbs up. That's what we want. Norman Reynolds says, Once a two-party system developed and became the standard, a dysfunctional U.S. government was baked in. Increased partisan and zero-sum game in today's government dysfunction will continue. The only hope is that people who vote Republican stop supporting fascist Republican politicians based on their policies, and progressives continue to purge the Democrats of plutocrats and push in compassion-based values and policies that support workers and families. That is the definition of progressivicity. That's what we want, folks, what Norman just said there. Puffin says, if DNC didn't rig primaries, we would already have President Bernie. Exactly. I mean, you're not going to get an argument out of me. That's why I said, we don't, when, when Democrats talk about, we are going to lose everything in, in, in uh, 2022, say, well, we don't care. Because in the primaries, we want to win. We want to win progressives in the primaries, and then we go ahead and have a populist, effective campaign in the fall of 2022 and we win that's what it's all about and can we do it of course i can i can run look if i had the wherewithal i would run democrats in timbuktu arkansas appalachia meaning west virginia and all these places and win because what we would do is we won't have the discussion on their level we would have the discussion on what we are going to do for them and when they start talking abortion and guns, we're saying you want to have your guns, have your damn guns. We don't care. You have to understand how to campaign in these issues. And that's what we have to do. AOC 24. 
yeah, she'll be 30 then, so she can run in, uh, not 30, 35, I think it is, whatever the age is, uh, so she can run then. Carl Cox, I agree with Puffin 100%. Puffin says, U.S. helped murder 5,000 workers and their families in Colombia too, striking banana workers. I mean, this goes all over. You know, it is amazing that when, when you hear Jordan uh, Peterson speak about uh, the, the treachery of the left, the treachery of the communists, the treachery of the socialists, the treachery of the Marxists, you have to understand that the rest of the world look and say, what about the treachery, treach, treachery of genocide in North America, South America, Central America, and the Tainos all along the Caribbean? You ask that question. What about that genocide? What about Christopher Columbus killing incessantly in the Caribbean? What about slavery? What about building the country on the backs of others with a whip and cutting your balls off when they don't abide to make an example out of them to make sure that 10 that comes after them won't make the same mistake. And they talk about these other cultures being evil, these other cultures and their treachery. Cultures have treachery. No culture is superior to another. You know, they, I, like, I love the way they talk about Muslims, right? Oh, the Muslims treat their women real badly. The women, you know, you, you have to ask yourself a question there. You know, if these women are treated so badly, how come they haven't revolted yet, right? You know, how come they haven't revolted yet or whatever? Maybe some things are really cultural, right? And we just don't understand because it's a different culture. I don't know. But I think if, if, if women in Saudi Arabia don't like what they're doing, you know, there's something that men love that, can, that they can deny them, right? And, uh, and uh, if, if there's an equal amount of women and men are generally more women than men, I don't know. You know, it's the same issues that I had with apartheid in South Africa. You had six million, I think it was six million South Africans. I don't remember the, the ratio. Whatever it was, it was six to one. How the hell do you stay dominated in a six to one culture? If your mind is enslaved, that's how you act. So then, reversing what I had to say about women, we have to enlighten everybody around the world. Everybody. People, people, people. Why? Because, again, an enslaved mind might as well, you have no power. Anyhow, continuing. Puffin said, uh, or rather, uh, Maywood says, yeah, they could be, but socialism, communism might look good and worse. American corporations might lose some of the assets they stole and they must... Might. You know, it's interesting because a lot of times people like to put capitalism and socialism, they like to compare the two. And, you know, we're talking apples, different things altogether, right? Capitalism can exist under socialism. Capitalism can exist under uh, communism. Capitalism can exist under fascism. All these things, right? I mean, that's what's occurring right now. The biggest capitalist country after the United States is China. And China is a communist country. And the United States is a fascist country. Look, see, it can, it can, uh, it can occur under both systems. So come on, it's not hard at all. All right, continuing. Let's see. Uh, Puffin says, Facebook comments are on YouTube, like 50 words, by the way. Yeah, I don't know what the limits are. Okay, let's see. Carl Cox says, too many Americans worship the wealthy and hate the poor, with the middle class being somewhere in the middle. It, it's amazing, right? Because most of the wealthy are undeserving. And one of the things that I have to do as, a, as, as somebody with a platform and somebody trying to empower others, right? is to take away the mystique that people have for those people who have money, right? 
everybody see Beyonce or Oprah or Bill Gates or whatever and they are given respect commensurate with their pocketbooks but let's put Bill Gates and let's use one of my conservatives here that's a farmer my conservative is uh, Mike Cisak is a farmer he knows what to do with the land. He knows how to grow things. He knows how to tender cattle. He knows how to cut up animals if he wants to eat them, etc. If I put Bill Gates on an island and I put Michael, Mike Cisek on an island, Bill Gates is worth orders of magnitude more than Mike Cisek. But guess what? Guess what? As it turns out, what happens is the person who would survive or who would allow the other to survive is CSEC, the poor guy. We have to learn what worth is. What worth is. And we have to start empowering people to don't look at Bill Gates and go, e, I am so impressed to be around Bill Gates. Don't look at somebody with money and like, oh, I just want to be around this person with money. Accept your own worth. What can you build? What can you do? All right, Eric Hay says, uh, no, that's a reply to, 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 let's say Carl Cox says, too many Americans worship the wealthy and hate the poor, yes. Michael Rudin says, what would a Marxist want first and foremost? Workers control of the means of production. Workers make the profits from their productivity. This may result in the dissolution of many corporations who are stealing wages from labor with the dividends going to the people who don't even work. This may result in the redistribution of the capitalist class ill-gotten gains. Man, I could have written that, Michael. For what fraudulent criminal actions are found? These ideas would be accepted by the people if defended properly. Not only that, if they understood it. And that's why we're here. And when I talk about this, folks, don't just let it be for your ears, right? You have to share this and let people understand what we're saying. Because what Michael just said is, is prescient, right? It's your work. It's your worth. But somebody sitting down at a pool is making a profit from it. And, you know, they, they like to say, I'm making my money work for me. Your money can't work for you. When you say your money is working for you, it really means there is a slave out there that is doing the work and you're collecting the green from the work that that slave has done. Don't ever confuse it. They, they want, and the reason they talk, and the reason they like to use Cuba, Venezuela, and, and, and what was the USSR as examples of what socialist countries are is because we've never really had the right kind of country that knew how to a bifurcated economy based on a good social welfare state as well as a good free enterprise system where they, they, they by definition would coexist. We've never had one because there's always the psychopaths. And remember, Rich, a lot of the wealthy are psychopaths. Not all. Some just follow the rules of the, of the, the economy. But those people that you see, they are, they're, they're worth billions and, and they still don't want to pay taxes. They still try to hide all their money. Those are psychopaths. They are psychopaths. Remember that. Don't have respect for them. Have disdain for them. The disdain is important. All right, continuing. Bridge says, not sure about the lower quarantine. The feds are trying to say you can't just rely on just this one limited drug. 
Uh, let's see, we end white supremacy and war this year. Puffin, let's see if we, we get that done. All right, let's see what else we got here. Well, Brito, of course, reminded me that I needed to go ahead and tell you guys, please go ahead and click that join button and become a part of the posse. And by the way, anybody who gives me a, a super chat right now, it'll come on the screen and I'll throw it up for you. Or anybody who becomes a member of the PDR Posse by clicking that join button right now, it'll show me something in green and I'll throw it up on the screen for you. All right, let's see what else we got here. We got Carl Cox says, crony capitalism, where 0.5% of the population own around 70% of the wealth, our wealth. True. Tom C., welcome aboard. I don't think I saluted you, Tom. To help fix capitalism, we need more cooperatives, personal association, and less corporations. Exactly. Legal entities. Cooperatives are better than corporations for workers and customers. Okay. I got you there, Carl. I want you to, and, and maybe we'll discuss this at the next Ask Egberto Anything. Why corporations are needed in the first place? You just, you just gave the answer, right, Carl? Oh, not Carl. I mean, um, Tom C. We get collectives. And those things that need the strength, the big investments, that could be either government or nonprofit entities that handles that. Is there some inherent reason why a capitalist structure would be more efficient? No, it's actually less efficient. But we are not allowed to see that because we are not allowed to think that. And we are not allowed to think that because people realize as soon as we thought that, the game is over. The game is over. Wow, you guys are full of comments today. Carl Cox, not exception to the rule. Dear reformers have co-ops in some states. Others, example. I mean, the, the, the farmers have tried all of this. But eventually, ADM and all the big uh, farm companies come in and tear things down. And, you know, there, there are some of, the, the, of them that sell out, etc., etc., etc. All right. Puffin says, thanks, Egberto. I'm going to pick up my car. Hey, you have a great day getting that car, buddy. Uh, Puffin says capitalism doesn't need to exist. We won't miss it. No, not, not at all. All right. Uh, Tom C says Taliban are violent, repressing women in Afghanistan, losing all the rights they gained during the U.S. occupation. So how do women change the system when men have the guns and power? You know, what, what is interesting is I don't remember which woman came on TV and said it. She said, when America was giving away guns in, in, in uh, Afghanistan, they should have given the women the guns. I agree. They should have given the women the guns. Maywood says, well, China is more totalitarian than communists. I agree. Um, you know, I mean, the, 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 like I told the person that, that Bruce was speaking to, I said, we have yet to see a country who was lived by the tenet of socialism. Because remember, communism is actually the end point of socialism, right? Where everybody owns everything. That's what it's ultimately. Um, and it doesn't stop anybody from exceeding or whatever. And it doesn't really end free enterprise. What it does end is something called uh, some like property ownership, land ownership. I always ask people, do you really own the land that you have? But that's for another discussion. I don't want to start one. I don't want to start that one up right now. All right, let's see. Michael says, Egberto controlling women's minds in Muslim majority nations is an interesting topic. I read that two-thirds of women in some of these countries have no formal education as a way to keep them enslaved. Just a thought that I don't know if I should be diving in, delving into. I am careful when I cover women issues now. And I was, I was told by a good friend of mine, she said, whenever you cover an issue like that, if you're going to have a big position, make sure you're backed by another woman who knows the subject. 
So if I were to ever do that, you'll see me bring on somebody else at the time that we, that we talk about that who's experienced in the issue. Who knows? Hey, Bridge, MCP. Maybe we'll throw you out there, Bridge. Maybe. Bridge and, uh, and, and, and uh, who else? Whoever else would like to throw their, their, head in, their hat in the ring. All right, duck that quacks. Property tax equal land rent. But that's interesting, right? You own the land, but you pay property tax. Land rent. You're right about that. E2247 says, once they're there, the soldiers gave the Lakotas an evening ration and lent army tents to those who wanted them. Well, um, I saw some stories about Lakota. So, I mean, um, let me just say, it's not a good part of our history at all. Uh, let's see what else. We're coming close to the end of the program, people. This, this went pretty damn fast. That, that just means that you guys have been so damn engaging, as usual. Uh, let me make sure I got everybody counted out. E2247, I count you out. The Doug That Quacks, I think I got you as well. If anybody I, is here that I didn't call out, please remember, throw your name to the bottom of the list. Tom C. says, Rand Paul, Democrats steal elections by convincing potential voters in a legally valid way. <laughs> you know, he actually said that with a straight face. In other words, Democrats steal elections by voting. In effect, that's what that statement says. Democrats steal election by voting and convincing their people to vote. Wow. And, and, and John, John uh, I don't remember, J.H., who's John? John, someone from CNN says, convincing potential voters to cast legal ballots is the how you win elections in democracy. Rand Paul, you forgot that. And Nanette Bird-Smith, welcome, my dear Nanette. If you don't pay your property taxes, you won't own your land. So is it your land? See? Those are things to think about. Melanie Keelan is here. Why are you just telling me you're here, Melanie? You know I like to salute all my peeps. There are a bunch of you in the room that's just quietly listening. But you know what? Even if you're just quietly listening, please share, share, share. Because that is how we get our message out. And the good thing about it is that the message goes out in a lot of different fashions, from podcasts to blogs to Facebook to, to, to just, just about everything. So... Understand, we're going to get several thousand seeing this, but we need you to get several hundred thousands seeing this. So that, that, is our, that is our goal. Melanie says, I'm listening. And Michael is saying, see you next year. Michael, before you go, stop. I want to wish you a very... Don't go yet. I'm still talking to you, Michael. Uh, I want to wish you... A very, I want to wish everybody a very happy new year. Uh, I want to wish Michael and all of you that do, do quite a bit of research here and throwing present information into the feed. I want to thank you guys. You guys make this worth doing. It is very important what you do. It's very important that you remain engaged because that is how we're going to make the change. And you all can make the change. My internet keeps bumping me off, says Alistair Waters. Roberto Lewis, thanks for, uh, thanks for this great politics on right. Well, thank you, Roberto. Lori Ann, you can homestead your property and pay less taxes. I know you can do that in Texas, Loriana. Can you do that anywhere? And Lorian, you're hiding back there too. Roberto hiding, Lorian hiding, Alistair, well, Alistair came out early, Nanette hiding. Anyway, guys, love you all. Let me tell you, we got to get out of here. It's 4.59, so I do my last ask. If you are on YouTube, please become a part of our posse. Click that join button, but even preferably, go ahead and visit our PayPal, politicsdoneright.com slash PayPal, politicsonright.com slash PayPal. Alternatively, you can go to politicsonright.com slash Patreon. And don't forget to get our books, politicsonright.com 
slash books. Politicsdoneright.com slash books. Folks, I could not possibly. Team Ashley Strong from Nanette Bird-Smith. Yes, Team Ashley is going strong. We are all Team Ashley. Don't forget to check out her blog. Anyway, folks, my name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. And all of you know exactly how I am going to close this up. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. And what? I am what? We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.